Welcome to the Reaching New Heights podcast. I'm Megan Gallagher, author, speaker, and mental health advocate. Each week, I'll be sitting down with a new guest. We'll dive into their life story and we'll get to see how they reached new heights. Hi everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into the Reaching New Heights podcast with me, Megan Gallagher. Today, we have such an admirable guest on the show. She is an entrepreneur, speaker, mother, and founder of The Female Quotient. She, from personal experience, decided to change the rules around gender power in the workspace. And I am such a fan of hers. With me being a female business owner myself, I am so excited to speak with her today. So please help me in giving a warm welcome to Shelly Zellis. What a nice introduction. Production, that energy is just infectious and was coming through the screen. I'm like, whoa, I'm, I'm invigorated with light and love and this just new force. So thank you. Well, that was exciting. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on my podcast. I feel like I'm fangirling right now because I am such a fan of yours. Gosh, well, you know what? It was yes and hello as soon as I got the request to join. I'm like, if Megan is, is asking, I'm, I'm coming on. I'm coming on. So yay us. Oh my gosh, I am so excited. So Shelly, I would love to know when you were growing up, did you always think, you know, I'm going to be this female powerhouse? Like what were your main inspirations growing up and how, like where you are now, is it different than where you thought you would be when you were 10 or 15 years old? You know, I, I love this question because I'm one of four girls and um, we all are, you know, daddy's girls. And it was amazing because I can throw a perfect spiral, you know, perfect football spiral really far. You know, I always, I always played with the boys. Um, and I always, my dream was to be a flight attendant. Uh, we called them stewardesses oh then. I'm 58 years old. So way back when, they, we call them stewardesses. Now it's flight attendant is the appropriate language. But um, I remember once my father, who was a cardiologist, he passed away a couple of years ago, um, but such an important force in my life. And um, my parents used to host these really big dinner parties outside and all of the daughters had jobs. And my job was to walk around with the humidor, you know, the <laughs> box of cigars yes. and offer all of the men, there were very few women that were to chop it. So I would chop the cigars at all of the parties. Like that was my role. And wow. I really, my mother was always um, a full, was a full-time mom while we were growing up, but she was PTA president and starting this nonprofit organization and this nonprofit organization, she was she is inspiring. She's 83 years old oh um, and unbelievable. She was so, um, I had children. When I got married and had children, I would be a stay-at-home mom and run the PTA or, you know, do the same thing. And then, you know, there are certain influences in your life that sometimes are very subconscious. You don't even realize how they impact you. And I only realized this literally eight years ago when I started, you know, using my voice to, you know, help women, give women back what I wish I had rising the ranks. Yes. Only then did I say, oh my God, my mother, when we all left the house, all four daughters went to college, 
she started working and she was the senior policy advisor for Pete Wilson, the former governor of California. Wow. And she started the first, she started the first conference for women in the state of California. And I wow. must've been 28, I don't know. It was a long, long time ago. And I remember showing up to this conference to support my mom, having no at all aspiration, inspiration around female empowerment and gender equality. I mean, that was not what I dreamt of at all. Yes. And I remember seeing 5,000 women converge from around the state to this conference. And I was sitting in the audience and what I was amazed by was the power of women, the power of their voices, the vulnerability, the compassion, the empathy, all these women in the audience asking questions. And I thought, wow, my mother is something. I cannot believe what she you know, has put together. And then Maria Shriver took it over you know, later. Wow. And then here I am. I was hosting this dinner every year. We host a dinner for, you know, 1500 women, 2000 women in, in New York. And I looked at this group of women and, you know, I coined the phrase, a woman alone is power. Collectively we have impact. And that moment came back and I said, Oh my God, I am my mother's daughter. Yes. I am bringing all these amazing women together in one space. And I, I really found that shocking. I, I, I didn't do it with a consciousness mm. and it was a woke moment where I, you know, thought back to my life. So I think there are always these moments that inspire you consciously. Wow. I, I love that story so much. And I just, there are no words to explain how much gratitude I have towards women like you. Just, I'm, you know, 24. I'm a young female business owner. And there are people like you in this world who are making that change. So not every, you know, young woman in their late teens, twenties, thirties, and no matter what age, but so we don't have to go through the, Oh, you know, do I have a voice? Should I speak up? Is it too much to ask for all of that? Just to me, it's just nonsense, but I just have so much gratitude for you and what you're doing in this world. Why, well, you know, I coined a phrase mentorship in the moment. It's not just about us old ladies pushing wisdom down or, you know, all you young women, you know, pushing wisdom up. It's, it's sharing the knowledge all around and the best learning is from people who have been there, done that. And that, you know, we learn and grow together. And, and that's why, you know, for me, the whole intergeneration is there's, this is the first time in history we have five times five generations in the workplace all at the same time with Gen Z coming in and, you know, the, the older generation pushing out the traditionalists, but retiring later. And a lot of people say, you know, the younger people, well, I don't want to work for, you know, with older people, they, they seem and act like my mother or the older people saying, I'm not going to work for a younger person because they don't know anything. That is nonsense because we all grow from one another. And I think that's really what makes the world go around. So, you know, we are all learning from each other. And the president of my company is 26 years old and she's wow. killing it. Yeah. And she earned every step of that, you know, by using her voice and learning and growing and then bringing her, you know, first she shadowed me everywhere. And I said, I don't want you to be me. I want you to be inspired by how we, we roll, but bring you to the table and, She's, you know, expanding and evolving the company exponentially. 
Yes, that's that's so incredible. I would love to know, Shelly, when you was there one moment for you maybe in your 20s or 30s where when you were building your career, is there one moment that it happened that inspired you to just want to just be the leader of this change where maybe you were mistreated or there was a comment or you felt that there was a male coworker who got an opportunity? Like, was there one opportunity, was there one moment where you felt oh my gosh, like an epiphany light bulb moment. Yeah. You know, so first of all, remember I'm 58. So 28, 30 was a really long time ago. Right. But I will never, ever forget the feeling. And that's the expression. Tell me something I may not remember it. Teach me something I may not learn. Make me feel something. I'll remember it forever. Yes. It's the feeling. And so you know, I never talk about an aha moment. Everyone says, was there an aha moment? Which to me is a very cognitive, a very head. You can justify, rationalize, talk yourself in, talk yourself out. But I call them heartbeat moments. You follow your heart. And we talk about female intuition. I never really thought about those yes. things. But I certainly felt them. So I don't think there was ever a rational moment where I said, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to follow a textbook and it's going to take me there, or I, I know what my path is. I had no idea. Everything that's ever happened to me has been these heartbeat moments. And I think the first was, um, you know, little microaggressions, of course, where, you know, I was the youngest, you know, female success story in, in market research, really. And I was sitting at a table once, of course, surrounded by men, which was a typical day in life for me. Right. And, you know, the, the guy asked me to go get the coffee. And so, you know, the, the knee jerk reaction was, sure, I'll get the coffee if you take the notes. Yes. And, you know, that was just a little moment that I never paid attention to until later, I must have been 28 years old, um, I had this crazy idea to migrate research from offline to online to the internet. But it was in a day and age where only wealthy old men with broadband had internet connection. And yes. they were the early adopters. <laughs> and so all my bosses, man, 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 all told me that it wasn't the right time and I needed to wait for the right time. It's a good idea, Shelly, but you got to wait for the right You're time. You're like, wait for what? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, and so what, God is going to knock on the door and say, hello. Right. <laughs> right? Like, I, and so I remember going to this conference and I was on the dais, I was on a panel with the chief research officer, Procter & Gamble, the largest spender, you know, consumer package good company that spends the most amount of money on research and, and on media and on marketing. And, you know, and I'm like, oh, so my bosses were in the front row and I'm whispering, you know, to this, this guy, his name was Larry Mock. And I'm like, Larry, you know, can I come in and, you know, pitch you business? And he said, sure. And I said, when? He said, next week. So I come off the stage and my bosses are like, what did he say? What did he say? They were all nervous. I said, I just asked him because I just want to know when the right time is. So I asked him, when is the right time to come in and pitch you online? And he said, next week. So we're going. And they looked at me and they said, great. You know, Paul will go, Joe will go, John will go, Ringo will go, and Star will go. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what about Shelly? And they're like, you know, it really is a boys club. You know, it's a, and it, it was. And we think this is the right team. I said, well, then I'll cancel the meeting and you can all schedule it when it's the right time. And so Good. of course, oh I my am. gosh. 
And it was that moment for me, truly, it was that heartbeat moment where, why am I not going? Why right. am I not right? Why am I waiting for them to tell me what's right or wrong when I really feel this is the, the moment and I'm, I'm gonna make the moment happen. I'm not gonna wait for the moment. I'm gonna make that moment happen. And that was really my first heartbeat moment that I just wanna be the boss because I wanna be right. Right or wrong, I wanna be right. Yes. And the second was, I wanna be able to have a life my way. Yes. I wanna raise my children, be a great girlfriend, be able to help the community, be a great wife, partner, you know, and be a, a great business executive. And so why can't I have it all? But to do that, I have to have it all my way. And that's when I left and started my own company. Um, no one believed I was right, except my father and my husband who, you know, wanted to, you know, give me money, which is a whole other story. Yeah. Um, and and, you know, and I had to beg people to come and join me because I was truly the exception to the rule. And when I started my company called OTX, Online Testing Exchange, um, it was really in the early, early days. So I was the pioneer of online research. And wow. I, I had to, you know, and I have a whole philosophy of how to win, which we can talk about. But it was one of those moments and it was the best thing that I ever did. And that's where I took the chief troublemaker title um, yes, I was CEO, but I broke all the rules that I hated about corporate America and wrote the new ones so that everyone could bring their best selves to work, everyone could thrive, and that I could attract and retain the best talent and not just the available talent. And so that was then, and here we are now. It's just so, I, like, you will go down in history as just your own experience just fueled that change, which... I personally experienced that on multiple occasions and a part of me, you know, always wanted to believe, no, this couldn't happen to me, you know, not me, Megan Gallagher. No, I mean, you know, in some, there's a spectrum, but I always just, whether it was going to a networking event or just anything, I just noticed that there were little things where I was like, is that, you know, is that man treating me differently because I'm a female and me, I'm a female motivational speaker and there's male motivational speakers. And I just noticed that it, it's just, they get treated, um, like we get treated differently. And it's just this thing that happens. And I always just, you know, it, I mean, I start questioning my own self, but it, it's just so fascinating. You know, what's interesting though about that, Megan, is, you know, that's the imposter syndrome, that voice in our head where we're not good enough, we're not qualified. If there's a job requirement that um, requires you having 10 skills. If a, guy, if a guy can do six out of 10, he's like, yep, I got this. If a woman can't do 10 out of 10, we're like, well, we're not good enough. We're not qualified. I can't do this. I'm not smart enough. And what I learned recently is both men and women, we all have that voice in our head. The difference is men ignore it and women listen to it. So my, my girlfriend, Wendy Clark says, you just got to shut that up in your head and, and push forward <gasps> and own it. And and as women, you know, we are always, there's two taboo words for women, power and money. Right. The surprise newsflash here is you can be nice and kind and have grace with grit. You can have that grace, but you can also have that power. And, you know, ambition is not a dirty word. And we just need to own that and own it our way, not try to conform to, 
you know, how, you know, men lead and operate. We are different. Yes. And our differences are our greatest strength. And the moment we can acknowledge and accept that, that's when the world opens for every one of us. That acceptance. So true. I, I really, I, I so agree with you because I have felt, you know, just for me being a business owner, it's just this new chapter in my life where I'm coming into my own even more. And I find myself just feeling so triggered all the time because a part of me wants to people please and wants to be nice and have everyone like me. And I don't want to like rock the boat, but then, well, if it's business, I have to get stuff done. And I always think, Men don't think that way. Women are the intuitive, overthinker, nurturer, feelers. And men, it's just, you know, kind of like black and white. And I feel like women, it's just more, I want to think about, and I don't know, am I being, but it's so true. You just got to shut that bitch up. I know, you do. And what you just described, Megan, was the masculine and feminine qualities of leadership. So the masculine, decisive, linear, aggressive, directive, assertive, the feminine, nurturing, empathetic, passionate, collaborative, visual, listening, you know, these are all of our, our qualities, yet they've never been rewarded, celebrated, or, you know, they've never been visible no. traits that, you know, we've seen in a, imagine a job description, you know, right now the job description is we're looking for an assertive, aggressive, analytic leader that can deliver a great ROI. Yes. Ew, ew, I don't want that. Versus we're looking for a collaborative, passionate, empathetic leader that could deliver a great bottom line. Hello, that'd be <laughs> me. And, right? And so, you know, think about when we talk about lexicon and bias correcting and, and flipping the script, and rewriting the narrative and how do we interview? What should the description, job descriptions be? You know, when you look at today in COVID, in COVID times, the people that are leading the best, most effectively, most efficiently and getting ahead of the game are all women. It's women that are actually leading the, the way. And these are qualities that we have hidden in the past or they have not been recognized or rewarded. And what is amazing is because women, I was just on a, a panel and someone was saying, well, men are courageous and women seem to be cautious. I'm like, let's correct your language. I know. Cautious. That sounds like a negative. We're scared. I said, we're not afraid. I said, cautious, let's change that. We are focused and thoughtful. And I said, and what women have the power to do, we listen, we take in all of these pieces because we are about the collective. We learn, we listen, we're gatherers. You know, men are hunters, yes. we're gatherers. And so we might take uh, five extra minutes because we are thinking about six steps forward and then we move. We are powered by the collective because we care about everyone around us and how that impacts everyone else. Big difference. Yes, it, it's such a big difference. and. I love what you said about just changing your words and your vocabulary, meaning it's like to celebrate the fact that men and women are different. And it doesn't mean that women are what you said, like cautious and scared and guarded. It's just men and women are two different species. And in business, 
we're going to operate in different ways, just as with marriage, relationships, health, but women can still get the job. I mean, it's like there, there's no, I don't like, I like the feeling and knowing that I don't need to feel afraid of people not liking me or any of the fears when I am being upfront and I need to like get something done. Yeah. 100%. Oscar Wilde says, be yourself because everyone else is taken. If we were all the same, we would be unnecessary. And I think that that is the most important, valuable um, lesson that we need to learn. Not that someone else tells us, look in the mirror and know who you are and, and, and feel confident. It's what my mother, you know, growing up, my mother always told us that we were so beautiful mm-hmm. and that it was, a, it was confidence is beautiful. And that's when we coined the phrase in business, confidence is beautiful. It's not what you look like on the outside. It's how you feel on the inside and no one can give you that feeling but yourself. You have to believe in yourself first before others will believe in you. And I think that yes. that's a really important, you know, thing to, to learn about yourself and feel comfortable admitting that. And mm-hmm. if we all conformed to the masculine way of leadership, we would be losing our best parts. And yes. that's why, you know, now we have to unlock this lexicon, you know, or if, I mean, have you been told you're too bossy? Years ago, and we were both speaking at different times throughout the day. And I had a moment where, I mean, he was treated like literal, like literal royalty. And I mean, he got like his own private green room. They were like, do you want snacks, water? And they just were at his feet bowing down. And I just made a weird, I had a weird epiphany where they gave me a water bottle and gave me a metal chair, you know, in the hallway to practice before I went on stage. And I mean, I looked him up, I knew who he was and he wasn't, you know, like, you like per I mean we were at similar levels with social media following income noted like being known but we the way we were treated was so differently it was and I was so and then and then I felt you know I was going very overly nice to try to make up and I was like oh my gosh did I do something wrong so I'm gonna shake everyone's hand and be super friendly and he it's just it was just really interesting <laughs> Yeah, listen, you know, and when we talk about diversity, we talk about gender, race, age, religion, intersectionality, LGBTQ, but all of that is to put into the pot diversity so that we have diversity of thought. And, you know, there is a great video that I am obsessed with from a Navy SEAL officer. He was giving a graduation speech and it's called Make Your Bed, but look at the YouTube version because it's phenomenal. And he talks about, you know, every morning you should get up and make your bed because even if you have a lousy day, you come home and your bed is made and it was made by you. And then he goes on to talk about the boats because he was a Navy SEAL officer. He said, everyone in the Navy in in this particular class, but in general, people always pick people just like them, that Mm. look like them, that act like them. So all these boats would pick the tall, the strongest, you know, but those were not the boats that would win. The boats that would win, he called the munchkins boat. Um, And he said it was the boat that had true diversity of gender, men and women, tall and small and heavier and lighter. And he says, and from different parts of the world, he says those boats won every single time. Mm. And so I, I found that, you know, fascinating. And 
you know, also I heard a great story of a Sherpa on Mount Everest and she was the only, her name is Melissa Arnault. Look her up. She is a sensation. And she was the only female Sherpa on Mount Everest. And she said, no one ever chose her for their, their um, hikes up right. Mount Everest, their climbs. And until one day when there was an issue on the mountain and it was her strength, not maybe this, but the, her mm. strength of compassion and empathy that saved lives. Now she's the number one Sherpa on Mount Everest. Oh my gosh. I mean, yeah. And I love that story. That's so just because it just shows that there's just something about men too. We all have, you know, irreplaceable qualities, but women, there's just that intuition that is so strong. And I think women are just like, they have such a strength and like, they could be physically just as strong, but there's also just this internal, just like drive. Like, I, I just think that's so incredible. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, it's what Brawny says. Strength has no gender. <laughs> so I know. <laughs> we all have different strengths and that's what makes the world better. And it's what makes the world go around. It's so true. Um, I would love to know, Shelly, in your opinion, how does just gender, the gender, the power, the equality in the workplace, for example, if there's a woman and she feels that she's not really being heard or seen or understood, how does that affect a person's mental health? How, in your opinion, does it affect the mental, the stress, the anxiety? everybody wants to be seen everybody wants to be heard and everyone wants to be visible and so you know yet not everyone is an extrovert you know that is going to say oh pick me ask me ask me um so i think most importantly if you are invited to a table you know that you are necessary mm -hmm. um, or you wouldn't have been invited so everyone's voice matters and i think it's also up to all of us to ensure that everyone is heard and yes. uses their voice and is listened to. And what I'm finding during this COVID moment, I mean, I, I am, I feel like my team, we have 26 full-time employees. We have never been more connected than mm. we are today. And I, I love the Zoom because, you know, it helps the interruption effect. And also women interrupt other women. It's not just men that interrupt women. This, it gives us this ability. I can see, Megan, when you want to say something, you know, you can do this. Or if I'm leading the group, I can say, Megan, you know, how do you want to contribute? You yes. know, Alan, how do you want to contribute? And make sure, you know, even for the quiet ones that aren't going to be, oh, 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 you know, I, I ensure that I am bringing everyone in. So I think mm. that it is a, a business imperative to make sure if you have people on your team or in your company, you hired them for a reason, make sure you give them that moment to say what's on their mind, encourage them to, you know, bring it out, reinforce it. And if someone is being interrupted, you know, which we call the amplification effect, which was, you know, actually launched in the White House, say, Megan's not done. Let's let her finish her thought. You know, we should amplify right. each other's voices. And, you know, of course it's depressing, you know, to be interrupted or to feel like you're not valued. But it really starts with 
knowing your own value first. Know mm -hmm. your value. If you are invited to a meeting, if you sit still and sit quiet and don't contribute time and time again, you will stop being invited. And the right. only person to blame will be yourself. Yes. So, you know, I think that, you know, being visible, being heard um, is incredibly important for everyone. Mm. Um, and I think it's great for everyone's health and wellness to feel valued and recognized, but never forget it starts with you. Yes. And that's so powerful. That's something my mom teaches me so much about Megan, just get comfortable with being uncomfortable and reali realizing that closed mouths don't get fed. Meaning if you have something that you want to ask about, you have a need, people can't read your mind. So either just ask in the moment or you're going to just have that regret dwelling later on. Just get comfortable with, hey, you know what? Um, I'm not really feeling or I'm confused on or I need to know more about just it feel it will make you feel better. And it's just like a muscle. You, the more you practice it, the more comfortable you get. Hey, you know, I just I don't agree with this or I'm not into this. I want to try to, you know, go this way instead. I think my mom needs to meet your mom. My mom says the same thing, but she used his shoes. Yeah. She says, it's like wearing oh. a new pair of shoes, especially high heels for all the women watching. She says, the first time you put them on, they hurt. You know, they pinch. But the more you wear them, the more comfortable you yes. get. And so I think it's exactly what she said. We all so have true. to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And the more uncomfortable we are, the more comfortable we'll get. It's just, it's a stretch moment. And I think that we all need those stretch moments. There was another woman that just is so inspirational to me. Her name is Mary Wells. She is mm. the um, oldest and first woman that ran an ad agency. And she's a badass even at the age of 88, 89. Wow. Like she's up there. And she has this concept called double yourself. And what she says is if you always do, we're all creatures of habit. We always, you know, pick the same types of people that look like us, act like us, you know, living in the neighborhood. We go to the same kind of restaurants, the same kind of movie theaters. Can't wait to go back to that. Um, and, you know, we, we always were creatures of routine. Mm -hmm. She said, but that's how you go stale and you get boring. She says, you have to double yourself. You have to stretch yourself. Yes. Always invite a new person to your dinner party. Go live on a block, even if you have the worst house where you might have an interesting neighbor. If you've never had Indian food, try Indian food. Yes. You know, read, read a mystery if you usually read romance. Watch a comedy if you usually watch drama. She says, that's how you continuously get interesting. Because yes. you're pushing yourself. And that's the concept of double yourself, which I think is such a fascinating concept and so true. Oh my gosh. 100%. I, it's, it's just, you're so right. We always get into routines. And then I always think if I'm not growing, then I'm just staying the same. And I want to always be evolving. And whether that is just going to a new restaurant or waking up at a different time every morning, it's just important to always just get that comfortable of like always changing, always evolving. Yeah. You know, there's some things that are core that you always need that, you know, core, but then when you have core, when you have a solid foundation, that's when you can add new twists and turns and you can zig when others are zagging as long as you have a solid foundation. Yes. I love that. 
I would love to know, Shelly, when you, if you could have a moment where, let's say you could get lunch or breakfast or coffee, and you could just sit with your younger self, your teenage self, your early 20 self, and just tell her anything, what would it be? I think um, I would tell myself so many things, <laughs> which is why I really share a lot now um, from being on the other side with so much experience, because um, you know, I really don't think it comes from a textbook. I really think it's all, you know, living and breathing life and, and you know, failing to succeed. Yes. I had so many of those that I have learned so much from. I think it really is um, what I'm experiencing today, which is power of the pack. And yeah, a woman alone is power collectively, we have impact. Madeline Albright says, women that don't support other women deserve a place in hell. We say that women that support other women deserve a place in heaven. And so I think um, it's, it's collaboration is so much more valuable and is such a competitive advantage over competition. You know, we're better together. And I really, um, you know, I have met so many amazing new girlfriends at this stage of my life um, ever since I started, you know, the Girls Lounge is how we started. Now it's called the Equality yes. Lounge. But we have this incredible pack of corporate women that historically have been competitive with one another. And, you know, because there's such a scarcity of jobs at mm. the top. And now we are a 50,000 um, pack strong globally with the most powerful women in the world, you know, across all generations from entrepreneurs to corporate executives, to CEOs, to board, to country leaders, to state leaders, to, you know, and we we're a family, mm -hmm. you know, we might have a competitive, com you know, competitive, you know, company things that we have to work on. But when you look at the relationships that we are forming today, I, I feel so grateful for them. And so I think that, you know, when you listen to all this drama in high school and the popular girls class and all that, it's just so mean. Mean girls will end up last. That's what I want yes. young women to know is you will end up last. And, you know, there is just something so amazing about being inclusive and bringing everyone in and inviting them. And a young girl, yes. a 16 year old called me the other day and she was telling me she was bullied. You know, she was being bullied at school mm -hmm. by some girls and, you know, she always wanted to sit at the popular table. And I said, why? They're mean. I said, create your own new popular mm -hmm. table, invite everyone else that wasn't invited and make that the new fun table, you know, that they're going to want to sit at, but don't go join that crowd mm -hmm. that's a that's you know and haters will hate period haters will hate and you know what write them off yes see you later alligator and find <laughs> and create a new new group of friends because ultimately those are not going to be the ones that are going to be in your life later no and it's thank you for saying that too because i i know just in my own experience speaking to a lot of teenagers I mean, like when you're in high school, it's just, it's all you know, and it's everything is so just that guy doesn't like me or these people didn't invite me here. But it's so important to remember that high school is, in my opinion, high school is honestly this much of your life. It's, I mean, it's just so tiny. And I just, you know, I think there's so many experiences with girls being mean to other girls and bullying, but I love what you said where 
like the mean girls, they finish last because it's so true because those qualities will not take you far in life and business and learn how to compromise and how to be boundaries that like those will not take you far being mean or angry or close minded or judgmental. No, not good qualities. That's for sure. And not good qualities that, you know, I always say I hire for passion. I train for skill. I don't even look at a resume. I can feel someone in one second flat and I will know if they are going to be a team player or not. I don't yes. care how smart someone is and I don't care how, what fancy school they went to. I can feel mm. someone and that's who I want on my team. You know, and so that's why I say I hire for passion, I train for skill, unless you want to be a doctor, lawyer, or an accountant, you need a little more skill. Yeah. But other than that, everything is trainable. Yes. And I love that you listen to your gut feeling so much because I think that's really powerful. And like you said, on paper, someone could have every single thing and it all checks off. But if it doesn't feel right and you just, you like, it's just, you just know. <laughs> Yeah, it's the unchecklist. It's the stuff that you're not checking off the box. It's, it's, it's that, and you can't make that shit up. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just, that's real. And for me, I would rather have that real, you know, collaborative energy in anything that we do. And spoilers can, you know, that is the expression. Whatever one bad apple can spoil the rest. I don't want that. And mm -hmm. I don't want mean people. So you know, that's just that's not going to work. And I have zero tolerance for, for assholes on any level, male or female. Same. <laughs> I agree so much. It's who has time to, you know, even worry about that kind of stuff. Um, so I would love, I love to ask every guest I have on my podcast, just to imagine really quickly that this is like a radio show and people are calling in left and right, asking questions and, Let's say there's a young female calling in saying, Shelly, you're my hero. I love you so much. The work you do is so incredible. You just, I, I really just want to be like you. But right now at work, I feel that my company doesn't value my opinion. They don't respect my time or my energy or they're giving, you know, advances or just any type of the good you know, shifts to the men and not to me or the other females, what would your best advice be? Well, I mean, I think first of all, you never know what, you always know what you don't want. I don't think you know what you do want. So if you're really not happy there, surrounded by the people that you're around, by the culture, you don't love what you're doing and you don't feel um, seen, heard, or visible, I'd say get out. That's not the right place for you. Yes. Yeah. You know, like, you know, why stay in a place you're just not happy? Um, however, I also, and this is advice for millennials, you're not going to know in a week. I mean, you know, you got to bring mm. your best self to the table first because oftentimes we don't look in the mirror and ask ourselves, was it me? Am I not doing something? Am I not pushing myself enough? Am I not proactive enough? Am I not going beyond the call of duty? Like I, I really don't like anyone and no one would last with me if they're always waiting for me to give them what to do. I need self motivators and self starters. Yes. So first look in the mirror and say, is it something I'm not doing? You know, mm. don't blame someone else first. Take responsibility and push 
yourself and push the envelope for yourself. If you are doing that and you are not happy, you're not surrounded by people, you've been there for a long enough period of time to know it's not just being the new kid, you know, in town, but you've been there a while. I say you're probably not in the right place. Yes. Um, you know, third, I have never in my entire life worked for money. I have made it, but I have never worked for money. And, you know, I, I often feel that millennials will come in every three months. They're like, oh, it's time for my raise, time mm -hmm. for my promotion. It, it doesn't quite work like that. You know, hard yes. work, passion. You know, I always say when, you know, when passion meets purpose, you're unstoppable. Yeah, I mean, listen, I am never a quitter. I don't just leave because it's not working out. I always first make my bed, just like we talked about. I always will make my bed and take responsibility. So if you have taken responsibility for all the parts and you are um, really being thoughtful about that and it's still not the right place, you don't feel comfortable. You know, I, I think work should be a place that you love. I always say when you love what you do, it's called passion. When you don't, it's called stress. Mm. I, you know, so that's what leads to stress. And so I, life, I think life is just too short. And, you know, it's interesting because all my children, I have three kids. One is 23, one is 25, and one is 28. And my 28-year-old in particular, I remember from the age of 16, you know, all of his friends would go to camp and go to Europe. My kids went to camp or maybe when he was 17. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, you're going to work in the summer. You need to get a job. And he used to get so angry with me because he's like, mom, all my friends are like, right. I said, you're going to get a job. You're going to get up every morning at 7 a.m. You're going to get dressed and you're going to go for an internship. And he would come home every day pissed at me, you know, angry. Mom, it's so boring. I hate it. I'm not gaining anything. I'm not doing anything. No one is treating me like I am a human. You know, I'm just the... And he used the word, I'm just. And I said, you know what, Alan? I said, Alan, it's my sister. I said, you know what, Alex? I said, there is no just. I said, mm. everyone is an and. We are all necessary. We have a role to play. I said, what is it that's bothering you? He goes, well, and he was working in a sports agency. He says, I put the sodas in the refrigerator. I load them and I do expense reports. I said, that's amazing. I said, when you are sitting in the coffee room loading the fridge you're going to make you're going to meet really interesting people mm -hmm. and i said and when you're doing expense reports for all these executives you're going to learn what they spend money on and how they develop these relationships and i said so start thinking about it that way not the routinized activity of filling out a spreadsheet or whatever it is think about the value that you're gaining the knowledge and now i mean you know 14 years later or however many years later he works at Google and he now looks back at those moments that he resented at the time. Yes. Like, no, I really did learn, you know, it's like a karate kid, wax on, wax off. You know? Yes. Did you see it? You know, yeah. and the, Miyagi said, don't worry, there's a reason, wax on, you get good at it. And then it was, he realized that this movement was his karate move. Yes. And he was practicing and next thing you knew he was a black belt you know and so there is always whether you're happy somewhere or not there's always learning mm. and that's why i said you will know what you don't like from that experience yes and you won't know what you do like until you try different things so you know 
I, I would give different advice depending on, you know, what stage, how long you've been there, what some of the real challenges are. But in general, just know that every experience is a career builder. You will learn something from everything you do, whether you love it or not, mm -hmm. you are learning every step of the way. That's, that's incredible. And I, I fully agree. I just believe that everything does happen for a reason. And even the hardest of times, whether it's in business or relationships or personal life, I think that everything, including the situation right now with quarantine and social distancing, I think that there are peaceful moments and there are silver linings in everything or the what if or just start spiraling or i could just pause in this moment and just really think is there any danger right now or is it just my mind is assuming anticipating something now listen we say you got to pivot with positivity and proactivity there is always a silver lining there um is there could always be a no but there also could be a yes. And if you don't ask, you don't know, there's always a solution. You just have to find it. I mean, not hard. Yes, that's so true. So Shelly, now it is time for rapid fire questions. So I love to ask every guest, just these super fun, goofy, just off the top of your head questions that are just super silly. So the first one is if you could be any type of junk food, what would you be? Oh gosh, popcorn. <laughs> oh my gosh, obsessed. <laughs> That's amazing. So, and the second one is what has been the most embarrassing moment in your life? Oh, I've had so many, but um, one that stands out. Um, I was early in my career, I had a meeting with um, Steven Spielberg, and I was wearing oh a I, I was in the entertainment business and I was wearing this um, suit and stockings, you know, now, you know, hose are not cool, but at the time, you know, it was the corporate thing you're supposed to wear as well. this beautiful suit and, and stockings and shoes. And I just went to the ladies room before my meeting and I came back and, and uh, the assistant said, okay, Mr. Spielberg is ready to see you now. So I get up and I start walking into his office and she says, but you might want to remove the toilet paper <laughs> back of your, your shirt. Oh. Like, My last question for you, Shelly, is what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Um, well, the best quote is um, Sarah Jessica Parker said it, which is trying to be a man is a waste of a woman. And I think that that is really very telling and very powerful. And it's what we talked about at the beginning. You know, I, I think that that is just so true. You know, be you, uh, be yourself. And that's the only thing that is authentic. You can't inauthentically be someone else all the time. You know, mm -hmm. you can fake it once or twice, but stand in your power you know, believe in your ambition and uh, go for it. And that's, yes. that's probably the best advice ultimately. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Shelly, for being on my podcast. I love your story and you are doing such 
just justice for so many men and women, but just people of all ages, especially millennials who don't feel comfortable speaking up or who just feel that they're alone and that no one's ever been in their shoes when I'm at the workplace, I don't feel respected, I don't feel comfortable, but you're just so incredible and can't tell you how much of a justice you're doing for so many millennials, women and men who just are struggling in the change of the workplace or who don't feel comfortable or that they don't have a voice or just any of that. And I feel so lucky that I got the chance to talk with you today. Uh, I loved every second. And now I'm going to bring you on to my my show called Unscripted on LinkedIn Live so that we can <gasps> continue the conversation and we can reverse roles where I can ask you all oh the same gosh. questions. Because I love oh the questions. <laughs> so now I'm going to ask you the same one. So I would love to know, where can everyone find you on social media? Uh, so at Shelly Zalis, at the Female Quotient, um, online, femalequotient.com, uh, on LinkedIn, on Facebook. Uh, we are cross- uh, Omnimedia or whatever you guys call it now, but cross channel. So pretty much anywhere. Perfect. And Shelly, one last question before we go. Do you have any upcoming projects or fun, just business you can talk about? Um, we have a really big one that we are launching. Um, it'll be an FQ uh, pack series, FQ power, the pack series. Oh my god. And we will be unite we'll be uniting the world through the power of women in over a hundred countries. So stay tuned. And if you ever want to sit in on a dinner party with um women at the nucleus in Qatar and, and Riyadh and Saudi Arabia and Kenya and Pakistan and in America, in Mexico, in Hong Kong, um, we will be connecting women all over the world. So um, just go online, go see our calendar. You'll see where all the dinners are and you can join any one of them. Um, no charge to be our guest um, at our dinner party. And I think it'll be pretty exciting. That is so incredible. And I think that that's the most powerful thing I personally have ever heard. I've never heard of that many women being able to just connect and contact each other. And that's so beautiful. Yeah, I think it's going to be incredible. And of course, during this period, we also have gone totally virtual. So we have a, a very um, engaging packed calendar of virtual series with um, corporate executives, world leaders, country leaders, um, really on how to make sure we are all conscious leaders advancing women and advancing equality wow that's so amazing well thank you so much shelly again for being on my podcast reaching new heights i it was so much fun and thank you everyone for tuning in and as always remember to strive for more thanks so much for tuning in feel free to leave a review and subscribe to this podcast i want to leave you all with this Everything is happening for you, not to you.